بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على رسوله الكريم نبينا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين أما بعد Some people they might say Why is it the case that you Muslims have to engage in all of this worship? Why is it the case that you have to do this fasting in the month of Ramadan? 18 hours a day without any food, without any drink. Why? Yes, you say it's a divine command. But why does the maker and creator want this for you? Want this from you? Praying, going all the way to Mecca, making the pilgrimage, giving charity, taking your wealth and giving it to others. What, what, what is the point in doing this? Why are you doing this? Why is it the case that you stay up in the middle of the night, standing, bowing, prostrating? Why is it the case that you get up at dawn in the early part of the morning in order to stand up, prostrate and bow? What's the point behind this? Why do you do this? Yes, you're saying it's a divine command. But at the end of the day, that's your body. That's your hands. That's your money. That's your life. Live the way you want to live. Enjoy your life. Eat whatever you want to eat. Drink whatever you want to drink. Spend whatever you want to spend. Buy whatever you want to buy and so on and so forth. Live the life as you want to live it. Imam Ibn Al-Qayyim rahimahullah ta'ala in his book Uddat al-Sabirin in it when he makes several amthila examples about the reality of this life in it there is an example that he mentions which is very pertinent and very relevant to these type of statements that are made by people and the khulasa of it is that these people are making these statements because they don't know how to have adab, manners, in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, manners should be observed before Him. Why should manners be observed? Because in reality, the human being in this life is nothing other than a, a guest. And the one that is hosting him in this life is Rabbul Alameen subhanahu wa ta'ala Allah jalla wa az and therefore just like any other guest when he's in the house of his host he has some manners some respect before his host likewise the human beings they meant to have some manners and the person who has iman in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala never ever would he even think of uttering such statements why? because he knows and his fitrah recognizes this is su al-adab these are bad manners with Allah. Why is it that I have to do this? Why is it that I have to do this? 18 hours a day of a fast. Why is it that I have to listen to you? Why can't I live life the way that I want to live? So in the example, Ibn al-Qayyim rahimahullah ta'ala, he mentions that the likeness of this world, it is like that, it is like the example of a man that has prepared a house and beautified that house. And in that house he's placed 
different types of furnishings and furniture, different types of ornaments. He's beautified that house. And whenever somebody comes inside that house, then this man, he places that person on a soft, comfortable, luxurious seat. And he puts forward to this guest of his a golden dish with meat on top of it. And all types of exquisite own, uh, uh, utensils and yani, utensils and cutlery and so on and so forth, he puts forth to his guest. Everything that the guest needs, he gives to him. And likewise, the host, the man of the house, Rabbul Bayt, he also has servants that are there serving this guest of his. Just like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He has prepared this world for us. Beautified it with all forms of beauty. Beauty in the sky. Beauty upon the earth. Beauty in the plants. Beauty in the human beings. Beauty in the spouses, in the children. Beauty in our clothing. Allah has decorated and beautified this life for us. And He's given us everything that we need. Allah has made even the animals, the cattle, as a form of facility for us, facilitating us to worship Him subhanahu wa ta'ala. فَعَرَفَ الْعَاقِلِ Ibn al-Qayyim, he says, the wise person, the clever person, the one that has some aql, has some understanding, this type of person, he knows when he's in the house of his host, that everything that is there, it is the possession of his host. The furniture is the possession of his host. The furnishings, the soft furnishings, they are the possession of his host. The ornaments, possession of his host. The, uh, the uh, slaves and the servants and the butlers and so on and so forth, all of them, they are the possession of the host. The utensils, possession of the host. The slave... He knows that these things are the possession of the host. And so he enjoys these furnishings. And enjoys these utensils. And enjoys the food. And enjoys the hospitality that he receives for that small pure period of time that he is there in the house of his host. And never ever ever does he attach himself to the belongings of the host. Never ever does he attach himself to the ornaments that are there, the utensils that are there, the furnishings that are there, the furniture that is there. No. And never ever does he ever say to himself, you know what? All these furnishings here, in reality they're mine. The furnishings that are here, they're mine. The, the uh, utensils that are here, they're mine. The slaves that are here, they're mine. The servants that are here, they're mine. The one that is a clever person, never ever does he say this to himself. But rather, he relies upon the judgment of the host. He depends and relies and trusts the opinion of the host. So he sits wherever the host tells him to sit. Whenever you go to someone's house and he invites you, you go and sit wherever the host tells you to sit. You don't go anywhere in the house. You sit where the host has made space and room for you to sit. So the aqil. The one that has intellect, he sits wherever the host puts him. And he eats whatever the host puts forward to him. And never ever 
does he ask beyond that? He never asks beyond what the host is giving him. Rather, he suffices. He suffices with the knowledge that he has concerning this host. This host is a generous person. This host is a noble person. This host is known to give bi'afa, to give good and great, tremendous hospitality to his guests. So therefore the, the aqil person, that is a, a guest in this person's house, he suffices with the knowledge that he has of his host. And thus, he enters into the house, Kareem. He enters into the house of his host, Kareem, honored, respected, with some dignity. He enters into the house with some dignity. And he enjoys himself in the house, Kareem, with some dignity. And when he departs the house, he departs the house, Kareem, with some dignity, with some honor, with some respect. And the man of the house, Rabbul Bayt, Rabbul Dar, the host, he is pleased with his guest and he has nothing bad to say about him. Just like the person who has Iman, just like the person who has Aqal, he has intellect, he has some wisdom. He understands that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given him anything and everything that he needs in order to fulfill the purpose in his existence and he understands whatever Allah has commanded him commanded him to do it's for my own benefit and whatever Allah has prohibited me to do Allah is doing it for my own benefit so I suffice with that I suffice with that knowledge that I have of, of Allah and I depend upon the judgment of Allah I rely upon the judgment of Allah and thus you enter into this world ah Kareem honored respected Dignified, you enjoy yourself in this life, you spend your time in this life, Kareem, dignified, honored, respected, and you leave this life, Kareem, dignified, respected, honored, and the Rabb of this Dar, the Rabb of this land, the Rabb of this world, he is pleased with you, and he doesn't say anything bad about you. As for the Ahmad, as for the foolish person, as for the person who is foolish and silly and doesn't have intellect, this type of person, when he goes into the house, after the host has invited him, prepared the house for him. When this person, this Ahmaq, is invited into the house, then he ends up thinking that he is from the residence of this house. He is from the permanent residence of this house. And he ends up thinking that the possessions in this house, they, are, they all belong to him. He thinks that the furnishings in the house, they are mine. The furniture here, mine. The paintings on the wall, they are mine. The utensils, in the, they are mine. Upstairs, let me go in the bedroom, that's, it's all mine. If a child is like this, then you can excuse the child. If a child, sometimes you have a child, huh? Maybe two and a half years old, three years old. Uh, like, for example, my daughter, Hawa, she will have a toy. I'll give her a toy. And then, and she's only two and a half, I'll give her a toy. And then all of a sudden, her twin sister will come, snatch the toy away, and go off into the other corner. I'll go to, and I'll go to Arwa, her twin sister. I'll say, Arwa, is this your toy? 
That's Hawas. Give it back to her. She'll look at me with determination and absolute confidence. It's mine. Baba, this is mine. Even though two seconds ago, it was in Hawa's hand. She snatches it from her sister. She's confident with full surety, with full yaqeen and jazam and determination. Baba, this is my toy. If a child says that, khalas, it can be excused. They have full determination. They believe it deep down inside their heart, even though two seconds ago it was with her sister. She believes it. No, this is my toy. It's my toy. Even though she knows her toy is upstairs somewhere else. No, it's my toy. She's willing to say this. Two, two and a half, three-year-old child. You can excuse them. But an adult, an adult that spends his time in this life, thinking that this life is his, and the possessions here are his, the belongings here, they are his. His eyes are his. His hands are his. His heart is his. His limbs are his. He is what? Ahmaq. Foolish person. Silly person. Doesn't have an intellect. Ibn al-Qaim then he continues. So this person he considers the mulk, the possessions of the host as his possessions. And he deals and he treats these possessions as and how he pleases. He sits wherever he wants to sit down. And he starts to take the furniture and he starts to put them in some, one of the places in the house. Hiding the furniture of the person whose house it is. Thinking that the furniture, it belongs to him. Whenever the host puts forward some food to him, puts forward some gift to him, puts forward something to him, what does this man do? This guest, he ends up saying, yes, this is mine. I deserve this more than everybody else. It's part of my possession. And the Rabbu Dar yushahidu ma yasna'a. And the man of the house, the host, he's watching what you're doing. Just like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he watches what you do. You say whatever you want with that tongue, that tongue that is his possession, subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's his possession, he gave it to you. You use that tongue however you want. You use your eyes however you want. You use your ears however you want. You use your hand, you use your time, you use your life as and how you want. Your wealth as and how you want. In disobedience to Allah, against the laws and the rules and the regulations set by the maker, the master, the owner, the controller of those faculties of yours. Allah's watching you while you do it. Walakin, the karam, the generosity of the host, it prevents him. The kindness of the host, the forbearance of the host, the patience of the host, it prevents him. From criticizing his guest. He's watching the guest. Taking his possessions. Putting them away. Moving things around in the house. No the frame should be there. No the bookcase it needs to be there. Move the furniture. Put it there. He's watching this man do everything as and how he wants in the house. But the karam. The generosity. The kindness. The sabr. The patience. Of the guest. Of the host. Prevents him. From kicking this person out. Just like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. His karam. His patience. It, by way of that. And by way of that attribute of his. He does not punish you there and then. Up until the guest. Up until the, get, up until the host. The host sees. The host he sees. That the guest now. 
He is now seizing everything in the house. And now he's taking everything in the house. And he is now fully 100% acting as though he is Al-Malik Al-Haqiqi, the real king, the real owner of that house. Then what does the, what does the owner of the house do? What does the host of the house do? The host of the house, when he sees that now he's reached to a point of no return, he's hit the limit, now the host, he summons his servants. He summons his servants to grab this guest of his, to drag him out of the house, to kick him out of the house, to kick him out of the house with violence, forcefully, Harshly kick him out of the house and to strip him away of everything that he for that small period of time ended up possessing. The furnishings, the furniture, the things in the house that he ended up thinking that are his. He tells the, sl- he tells the slaves, the host tells the slaves to kick him out and to strip away all of those things that the guest, this غير عاقل أحمق guest, this foolish, silly guest ended up taking into his possession. And thus, as a result of that, this guest ends up earning the anger and the hatred and the displeasure of the man of the house. And he ends up being exposed and humiliated in front of the servants and the slaves of the host. Just like the one who lives in this life as he wants He eats how he wants, drinks how he wants, uses that wealth how he wants, earns that wealth how he wants. This type of person, that's not his wealth, that is not his possession, that is not his food and drink. Those aren't his body parts. They have the possession of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But Allah is being patient with you. The generosity of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the kindness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, because of those characteristics that he has, He's waiting, he's being patient with you up until the person he reaches a point of no return. And then that person, he will be taken out of this life. How? Easily? Nicely? Swiftly? La! That person will be ripped out of this life. His soul will be ripped out of this life. And everything that he had, the millions that he gathered, the mansions that he had, the accumulation of cars that he had, all of the illicit relationships that he enjoyed in, the oppression that he executed upon the oppressed people, all of that and all of that power that he had is going to be stripped away from him. He's going to be humiliated in front of the creation on the day of standing. Therefore, let us think about ourselves. Let us think about what we have. The days that we spend, do we use our tongue in the way that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is pleased do we spend our day thinking, you know what, this is my tongue. And I'm going to use this as and how I want to, as and how I please. Do we spend our time gossiping? Do we spend our time backbiting? Do we spend our time tail carrying? Do we spend our time eating the flesh of others, thinking, uh, well, it's my tongue. I'll do with it what, and I, as and how I please. It's not your tongue. It's Allah's possession. Allah has granted to you as a gift from Him. Just like a host grants a gift to his guest in his house that he's entertaining him in. The ears that you have, they're not your ears. They are the possession of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
you are limited to use those ears as and how you want. You listen to what he likes and wants you to listen to. You do not listen to what he does not want you to listen to. You don't listen to haram. Is it the case that you spend your days eavesdropping? Let me hear what they are saying. Let me hear what she is saying. Knowing that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has prohibited that for you. Your hands, your feet, your wealth, how do you use it? The human beings that are under your, that are part of your life, the brothers that you have, your, com- your companions, how is your relationship with them? Do you deal with them in an oppressive manner? Thinking that companionship, they're my companions, I'll do with them as and how I please. Allah gifted those companions to you. Your, your wife, your wife, she is a possession of yours. La, she's a possession of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. How is it that you deal with her? Do you deal with her in an oppressive manner? Thinking she's my woman. I own her now. I possess her now. I can do with her as and how I please. Do you not know that you have injunctions and that you have limitations as to how you deal with her? Your husband. Do you think this person, now that he's married me, we have a contract together. I want to make sure that all of my rights are fulfilled. If they're not fulfilled, I'm not going to give anything to him. I'm going to treat him as and how I want. He, he's just a breadwinner for me. That's all he is. I will treat him as a. I will treat him as and how as, as and how, as I want. I will speak to him in a disrespectful manner. No problem. He's my husband. No one else is going to hear about it. No one else is going to see. No, that husband that you have is a possession. That man that you have in your life is a possession of Allah. Allah has placed him on your head, and He has put down limitations, rules, and regulations that you have to abide by. Respect those rules. Respect those rules and regulations. Just like the guest respects the rules and regulations of his host when he goes in his house. We are nothing other than guests in this house, guests in this world. The one who is hosting, is, hosting us is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Therefore, let us have some adab, let us have some manners, let us have some respect to the one that is hosting us. وبالله التوفيق وصلى الله على نبينا محمد والحمد لله رب العالمين